This is episode 353 of The Real Me and Colin, a movie podcast. On this week's episode, Chase is going to take a look at The Lost City, as well as making final predictions for the Oscars, which the ceremony will air this Sunday, March 27th. What will uh, he think of The Lost City? What will his final predictions be? All that and more, this episode starts right now. What is going on, everyone, and welcome to another episode of The Real Me and Colin, a movie podcast. I'm one of your co-hosts, Chase Lee, and thank you for joining me on this day or night or whenever you're listening to this. You guys are awesome. And speaking of you guys, before we begin this episode, if you could spread this episode around and let people know this is your favorite movie podcast to listen to, that would be much appreciated. You know, maybe there's someone out there that's just not much of a movie fan, and you're just like, what are you doing with your life? What What are you thinking? And then maybe you can convince them to be a fan by just showing them this podcast. And that would be great. It would help grow uh, this show. And um, you guys support throughout all these weeks and years and just week to week. You know, it's just amazing. And you guys are awesome. So this is episode 353. Like I said at the top, I will be going over The Lost City and then making my final predictions for the Oscars. Now that I've seen 90% of the films, 95% of the films in terms of the major categories, uh, and then I can kind of uh, judge from there. But the you know, last time I talked about the nominations with you guys, I hadn't seen a lot of movies. So now uh, I think I've, ca- I've caught up on the majority of them. So I wanted to do uh, final predictions before the ceremony this Sunday because I'm recording this one on the 23rd. So we are four days out from the um, ceremony. So that, that is uh, your show for today. But before we get into all that, I got to ask, as usual, how you guys doing? You guys doing pretty good? Uh, it is almost the end of March, uh, my dude and dudettes. Uh, it is almost April in San. In, in San? In San. That's a new word right there. No, it's insane because it is still cold outside. Why are we doing this, folks? Why, why, why are we doing this? Why are we going outside expecting springtime only to be nipple blasted by cold air and then just feel absolutely miserable throughout the entire day? It makes no sense. So, uh... Yeah, that's what's been going on with that. In terms of catching up with stuff, uh, we finished the season one finale of How I Met Your Father. Um, and I think that's it. We've just been watching a lot of movies, and we um, were picking up RuPaul's Drag Race again because uh, we left off in like season nine of the regular show, so we're jumping to the All Stars now. Uh, that's always a nice, fun show to watch, especially like before you go to bed. You don't have to really think that much it's a reality show after all and so you know just kind of watch it decompress it's pretty great stuff um and then i'm looking forward to atlanta uh season three i think it uh, starts airing tomorrow looking forward to moon Knight, which uh debuts next week um and if, if you were wondering no it didn't get any screeners uh so don't know if we're gonna get them uh but there's a lot of you know top people that did and so uh you know, if you guys get early episode reviews, then you'll know. If uh, you don't, then you know. So, but yeah, um, looking forward to a bunch of TV shows starting up. In terms of movies, um, not really much is coming out. You know, you have The Lost City this week, and then next week you have Morbius. I don't know if I'm going to do a, a Morbius early screening. Haven't gotten an email for that either. So, just kind of depends on if Sony wants to do one. But um, yeah, uh, if I don't get an early. Uh, early access to Morbius. I don't know if I can review it for you guys. It's just, it, I don't know if I want to waste my time. But uh, the cool thing is, I just got this email today, so this this is uh, exciting. Uh, the Alamo Draft House season pass is uh, kicking back up again. 
this is where it's just like AMC A-list where you pay a flat fee each month and you can come see at least one movie a day. Um, and so I have that plus an extra person I can take with me for like 38 bucks a month. It's not that bad, uh, especially if it's unlimited movies. So yeah, I, I will uh, definitely be watching hopefully a lot more stuff. But um, yeah, uh, where was I going with that? Oh yeah, so speaking of the past, like, you know, since it's one movie a day, since I'm going to re-up my pass again, I will see it, see Morbius that way. I'm not going to pay, like, extra money to go see it. But I actually signed up for that that pass um, a month before shutdowns. So I bought the pass because they just opened it for Dallas, right? I bought the pass, and I was super excited. I used it on A Quiet Place 2, and I was like, oh, I can't wait. Like, this is going to be great. And then, like, oh, everything's being shut down. Uh, we're going to pause your subscription. That was two years ago. So I had no idea when they were going to boot everything back up. And now they are. So that's awesome. But, um, yeah. So uh, uh, looking forward to using that pass for a lot more stuff. And I think that's all I've been catching up on. I've been really watching. I'm, oh, I really need to watch uh, Better Call Saul. I need to watch more of that because the final season is coming up. Um, and then of course, this is us is almost ending. Uh, I'm going to watch the second to last episode, uh, for the whole entire series here pretty soon. And then I think the finale is next week. So that will be, um, interesting because I've been following that show since his incarnation. So, um, I, it's very sad it's coming to an end, but you know, you know, I don't want it to like string out too much longer. So that's also a good thing, but Yes, yeah, so uh, that's all I've been really watching. Uh, I hope you guys are catching up on stuff, you know, watching stuff in, in preparation for the Oscars or, you know, uh, if there are other things that you've been kind of binging and, and hooked on or whatever, uh, let me know. Uh, tweet at me, write down in a comment, uh, do, what you got, do what you need to do. So the Oscars are on Sunday. And so uh, I wanted to make my final prediction list um and maybe uh, i'll get some right maybe i'll be surprised but i uh have seen the majority of the films and i kind of want to redo the uh the predictions now so i think that is is wise to do the only only two i have not seen uh penelope cruz for parallel mothers for best actress and worst person in the world for original screenplay those are the only two films i believe are uh, the ones I haven't seen in terms of the big categories. So let's go through them and uh, I'll give you more insight now that I've seen all of them. For Best Picture, I can tell you right now, I have seen all of them. Um, so a lot of people are th thinking it's going to be between Coda and The Power of the Dog. I can see that. Um, I will also throw in King Richard. I think King Richard has a good chance of being a best picture uh, frontrunner. It's nominated for editing, actor, um, supporting actress. So it has a good chance. Um, but out of the two, if you're asking me between Coda and The Power of the Dog, I prefer Coda. It's more likely that Power of the Dog would win. Now, typically, if there is a Best Picture and Best Director split, what they'll do is they'll give one to Best Picture and one to Best Director. 
Power of the Dog out of the two is the only one nominated for director. So if they win director, then Coda will win, right? But that's weird because Coda isn't even nominated for editing or director. And I believe the last time that happened was with a film called The Grand Hotel back in 1932 or 38. I forgot the specific year, but it's the last time something like that happened. But um, I think that's most likely going to happen is between Coda and Power of the Dog. And I think the uh, um, the one that might sneak in there is King Richard. There could be another Parasite situation where Drive My Car will do it. Um, but that's about it. I don't think any of the others have a shot. Um, God bless them. But I don't think any of them uh, have a chance whatsoever. Because I absolutely loved Nightmare Alley. Uh, when I caught up with it, I liked King Richard quite a bit. Um, so yeah, it's, uh, I don't know. It's going to be interesting, but, um, for best actor in a leading role after seeing all of them now, Will Smith has been getting a lot of the awards, right? I wouldn't be surprised if Andrew Garfield or Benedict Cumberbatch swooped in there, um, and, and got it. And, and this could be like another situation like last year where, where people thought it was Chadwick Boseman, uh, but it ended up being Anthony Hopkins. So I, I don't know. I don't think Denzel Washington or Javier Bardem have a shot. They're two talented gentlemen, but I don't think they have a shot whatsoever. I think Will Smith is the front runner. And I think Andrew Garfield and Benedict, Benedict Cumberbatch, they, one of those could sweep in there. Um, I firmly believe that, but I think for right now, Will Smith would be the, uh, the the pick for me actor in a supporting role um after seeing all the movies now i still think troy kotzer is going to win for coda he's absolutely amazing in that film really the the heart and soul of that entire story and you know he's been winning every other award left and right front and center uh for the past several weeks so it just makes sense to me if there is an upset it would be one of the gentlemen from Power of the Dog. It's either going to be Jesse Plemons or Cody Smith-McPhee if one of them were to sweep in there and, and get it from Troy, but I think this is Troy's to lose. So, you know, that's just my thoughts on that. Actress in a leading role. Now, SAG was interesting because Jessica Chastain won. And this is one of the categories where I've only seen four out of the five. So I have not seen Penelope Cruz and Parallel Mothers, but I'm not going to count her out because I haven't seen the movie. Out of the ones that are listed, it is very possible that Kristen Stewart could walk away from this with Spencer. Jessica Chastain could be right behind her. Olivia Coleman could be like neck and neck with Chastain. And then Penelope Cruz might be the, the dark horse. She might be the one that like comes in there and just steals everything and just shatters everyone's expectations. So that's kind of like how I'm processing it. But I, I think Kristen Stewart... It's not a 100% lock, but I think like a 70% chance of winning. Yeah, and I think Chastain and Coleman are probably both tied. Um, yeah, I, I give them each like a like a 10%, and then uh, Penelope Cruz like a 5%. So uh, I don't think Nicole Kimmon has a chance, but yeah, it'd be great if Kristen Stewart won for, uh, for Spencer. That'd be fantastic. So actress in a supporting role... Um, I changed my mind. I don't think so. I think Ariana DeBoss is I, I, for West Side Story. She once again just like Troy, supporting actor. She's been winning every award, left, right, front, and center. So I think she has the better chance 
to take this one home. Who could be the surprise if there is one? You know, I could see them giving it to Kirsten Dunst for The Power of the Dog or Andrea Ellis for King Richard. She was phenomenal in that film. Uh, just like with uh, Will Smith, they went toe-to-toe in a couple scenes, and I really felt the strain of their marriage. I felt the 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 conversations that they were having and just being weighted with so much emotional intensity. She really brought her A-game, and like I said, she was going against Will Smith, and I really, I really appreciated that back and forth. She could, she could. Uh, it's like, it's like a, I'd say a five percent chance. Um, same with uh, Kirsten Dunst. I think Ariana DeBoss has a ninety-five percent chance of walking away with this, but um, that's kind of how I think of it now. Uh, animated film, I still have not seen the Mitchells versus the Machines, uh, Mich- Machines or Flea, but if I had to take a pick. Um, I think they would either give it to Flea or Mitchell's versus the Machines might have a, a nice um, nice bump, uh, but it's most likely going to be in Kento. So, yeah, I, th- I, think, um, I think that's where I'm sticking with it. So, cinematography. After seeing Nightmare Alley, oh, my God. It, that that film is shot immaculately and i love the production design that it really just kind of pops with this extra you know 30s flavor and it just it feels like if if it wasn't black and white it could work really well and it even had showings in black and white so the cinematography was absolutely gorgeous so is dune so is power of the dog tragedy Macbeth is on a whole nother level and so is west side story so honestly I think this one might be the one that could go to either the tragedy of Macbeth or West Side Story. And I think Dune, no, not Dune. I think Nightmare Alley would be the dark horse. I think the tragedy of Macbeth and West Side Story are going to be the two that battle it out. And I'm going to give the slight edge to the tragedy of Macbeth. Yeah, but this one's tough because all five of them are great, but I think uh, that film is going to walk away with that is the only win it's got. So good for them. Um, costume design. I have seen Sereno. Uh, I forgot to tell you guys that. That's a fantastic film. Forgot to record my review. Um, but I think Peter Dinklage was absolutely snubbed in terms of considering him for a, a, a slot for best actor. Really great stuff on his end. But anyways, it's all Sereno. So I know all the costumes now. I think Cyrano or West Side Story will walk away from this. I know people are saying Cruella, but I I think they might give it to like a Cyrano or a West Side Story. I think that would be the more exciting picks. But I think I'm kidding myself. It might be Cruella, but I, I'm going to go with the underdogs and do like either a Cyrano or West Side Story. So that's kind of where my thought process is now, especially after seeing Cyrano. Directing, I don't think I've changed with this. It could be uh, Ryosuke uh, Hamaguchi for um, for Drive My Car or Jane Campion for Power of the Dog. I think those are the, the best um, picks for this. And then could be a Steven Spielberg kind of dark horse come out from underneath and take the rug out from under you situation 
that could happen. But I think it's uh, either uh, Campion or uh, Hamaguchi, so uh, most likely Jan Campion, but it'd be really great if uh, Hamaguchi uh, could get it for Drive My Car, because that, for a three-hour film, keeping it at the rhythm, it, it was uh, with a really deeply just profound human story and just wonderful performances. Like, I wouldn't be shocked if he did. Like, it's a fantastic film. Uh, didn't see any of the documentaries besides one of them, so I don't have any comment on that, neither with uh, Documentary Short. I need to do better at that, by the way. Film editing. After seeing King Richard, King Richard is a really well-edited film. One of my favorite parts about it was um, going from scene to scene with some really smart transitions, and it really just kind of had this rhythmic pace to it, kind of like when you watch a tennis match going back and forth, and you kind of expect um, that hit to kind of ping-pong back and forth. It's kind of like with King Richard. It kind of keeps you on your feet. It's very light and airy in the way it's edited, um, and I really like some of the transitions. So I, I applaud Pamela Martin for that film, and I think it absolutely deserves it now watching it. I... They could give it to King Richard to let this let this award be the film's biggest award. Um, well, I guess Will Smith would, so never mind, I take that back. But I would be surprised if they gave Will Smith and editing to King Richard and not it win Best Picture. That just seems really weird to me. So I don't think uh, I don't think he'll get it. I think Power of the Dog has a better chance with like directing and picture. I wouldn't be shocked if Tick, Tick, Boom won this one. I'm going to go with that one. I, I think Tick, Tick, Boom and maybe even Dune would have better shots at film editing um, than the rest. Because it seems like, you know, the awards are kind of spread out uh, amongst many films. And so I think King Richard and Power of the Dog have other chances of winning in other areas. So I think it might be Tick, Tick, Boom, which would be phenomenal because it's a really well edited film going back and forth between... Jonathan Larson's play and then of course um you know the more dramatic scenes with like him and his his girlfriend or him and just people and the way he talks to people um so yeah I, I wouldn't be surprised uh international feature didn't see enough of them makeup and hairstyling now that I've seen House of Gucci um because that's the only thing it's nominated for I wouldn't be surprised if Isa Tammy Faye or coming to America. I listen, I didn't really care for that sequel, but the makeup and prosthetics on some of Murphy's characters blew me away. I was like, they spent so much time and money on a film that's very mediocre. <laughs> I feel so bad, uh, but their work was recognized. It, it, it is in there in nominations. Um, so, yeah, I, I think that might be my pick, but. Isa Tammy Faye will most likely get it. They'll probably be my second pick, but I'd be prepared for a little shocker like that. So coming to America, let's go for it. Uh, music, I saw all of them except for Parallel Mothers. I I still think Hans Zimmer has this. Um, or Johnny Greenwood for Power of the Dog. That was a really great score. Johnny Greenwood's been on a hot streak. Ever since I saw that Joaquin Phoenix film, what was it? Oh my goodness. 
I forgot that film. Uh, it's kind of like a revenge film, kind of had taxi driver vibes to it. That was um, the first time where I was like, who did the score? And then you're like, oh, Johnny Greenwood. I'm going to follow this guy. Um, and so he's been making really sick scores. Um, but honestly, I have, I have, yeah, I think it's, I'll be, I think it'll be Hans Zimmer. Um, music, original song. I have seen all these except for Four Good Days. I have no idea what that is, but I mean, you know what? I have no skin in this fight. Give it to Lin-Manuel Miranda. Give him the EGOT. <laughs> so there you go. Production design. I think this one's going to go to either Nightmare Alley or West Side Story. Um, Dune has a, a pretty good shot, but I think those two will be battling it out. And if I had to give an edge to one, it would be Nightmare Alley. It, that production design was just outrageous going from the carnival to like the more, the, you know, rich mansions and everything. Really great transitions and stuff. So yeah, it's a really good one on that one. Sound, I think Dune's going to take this one single-handedly. Either that or West Side, West Side Story is, would be my only underdog pick. But I think Dune in the sound category has this in the bag. What an immaculate experience, especially in IMAX. I saw that movie twice. And it's just a, it's a really great visual and audio um, experience. And same for visual effects here. I think Dune probably has the upper hand am, amongst all of them. Um, no Time to Die was also really great. Um, I don't think Spider-Man or Shang-Chi will do it. I, I actually prefer Eternals visual effects to all three of those. I don't know why that's not in here. But you know what? As much as I didn't really care for Free Guy, its visual effects are pretty um, pretty amazing, especially like that car chase scene with the buildings like crumpling in. Really great um, uh, intensity to that scene, just really well animated. Like I, I think that scene alone is like what gets them in there. But I think Dune will will take it, and it's my personal favorite out of the three. So there you go. Um, screenplay adapted. Ooh. I can see them giving it to uh, Yamaguchi and uh, Takamasa O for drive, uh, drive My Car to give it its big, um, or even second big, uh, win because it might win international feature as well um or give maggie gyllenhaal something because lost daughter has a couple of nominations uh sprinkled throughout so yeah i, I have i have no clue where to where to pinpoint this one if coda wins they might be giving best picture to something else because this will most likely be its win and troy kotzer for supporting actor so if Coda wins, it's not going to win picture. I don't. I don't think. Um, but it could be Drive My Car. Um, that's that's where I kind of see this one going. Original screenplay. Uh, worst person in the world is the only one I have not seen. It might win. I've been hearing a lot of uh, great things about it. But honestly, King Richard or Licorice Pizza, maybe. And this is without seeing the worst person in the world. So keep that in mind. Um, but honestly, I, I don't know which way this one's going to swing because I think Don't Look Up actually won the WGA for original. Or was it Licorice Pizza? I, I totally forgot, but 
um who knows anyways that is it um for the uh nominations that's kind of where i see going but honestly there's a bunch of categories where it could surprise us and just kind of like throw us a curveball and we'll just compl- be completely shocked and that's really exciting so um looking forward to the show on sunday i don't know if i'm going to do a live broadcast of it i haven't figured that out i might just do a recap of my reaction i have no clue but um you know maybe you guys will get something but uh that will do it for all of this precursor to get to the lost city the main topic of conversation so when we come back from the break i'm going to be talking about the lost city so uh i'll see you guys when we get back And welcome back from the break. Let's not waste any more time. and Let's talk about The Lost City. The Lost City is about uh, Sandra Bullock. She's an author. She writes these romance novels. And there is something in one of her books that actually uh, probes a very, very rich person. And he's like, oh, she can help me find this lost city where like there's gold and stuff. And so she gets kidnapped. And then uh, Channing Tatum's character, who's been a model for her books, uh, he actually goes after her and he tries to save her and they get themselves into a rescue mission. So that is what your movie is about. And this one comes from Paramount Pictures. It hits theaters this Friday. Uh, it will only be in theaters, but I think it's like a 45-day window. So we'll hit Paramount Plus in the future. But for right now, it's going to be theaters only this Friday, March 24th. <laughs> uh, or excuse me, 25th. It took me a while to get there. But uh, yes, yeah, so anyways, I saw this one um, last night. And I didn't really have any high expectations going into it. I thought the trailers were mediocre. I like Channing Tatum quite a bit. I think he's got great comedic timing. And Sandra Bullock is just a goddess. She's She's been in this realm for quite some time with like romantic comedies. And her comedy chops are also uh, perfect timing as well. So, you know, I was, I was curious to see them pair together and what type of adventure they were going to go on. And, hey, you know what? At the end of the day, I just want a fun movie. I'm not looking for anything uh, Oscar-worthy or special. I just want a fun time at the theaters. Um, and, of course, Daniel Radcliffe as the villain. Cool. Sign me up. But then I heard reactions from South by Southwest. And people were raving about it. Like, people I, like, follow online and uh, trust with their film criticisms, a lot of them are just like, yeah, I had fun. It's not like a perfect movie or anything, but it was an enjoyable time. So then my excitement levels kind of went up a little bit. So... Then I see it. I had a decent time with it. Um, there were a lot of dead spots in the uh, in the film. I saw it with a, uh, a group of press members. There was a lot of jokes that just kind of landed flat. A lot of ones that kind of carried on too long. And it was interesting to see, like, in my head as I was watching, like, I was wondering, will this joke make the audience laugh, like, and bust a gut type of feeling? Like, where they just lose control of themselves didn't happen there were laughs sprinkled throughout the audience but for the most part it was a very tough film for a tough audience to just even crack one joke at least one good joke um but when i thought something was funny i giggled um i didn't like laugh out loud but you know i found uh some of the jokes and some of the humor to land uh properly but for the most part it felt like it was trying too hard um in some spots it felt like it was dragging on certain jokes or certain amounts of improv way too long in certain spots but like i said some of the jokes that actually worked i liked um what really makes this movie is the chemistry and of course the back and forth 
of Bullock and Tatum. Um, they play very well off of each other. They're very likable as performers, and it's really interesting to see um, Chain Tatum just kind of just let loose, go back to his old, you know, like 21 Jump Street days where you know that this man has a bunch of jokes lined up in his head and he's just kind of spitting them out all at once. And sometimes it, it, they stick and sometimes they don't, but um, it, it fits his character. He's very nervous. He, he's not really confident with himself. So he's kind of like very bumbly in the beginning, but that totally works for him. It works for, with his performance. So I thought Tatum was um, really fun to watch. And of course, Sandra Bullock is the straight, straight person. She, she, you know, deflects a lot of his stupidity. Um, you know, she, uh, breaks it down with like logic and stuff. And so she, she is the straight person <laughs> just like shooting those arrows, um, as straight as possible while Tatum is like, you know, knocking them off or whatever with his goofiness. But, um, the yin and yang type of dynamic that they have, I think is, is cute. It's enjoyable. It works for this type of adventure film. Um, you know, and they were a uh, really fun uh, to see on screen together. I'm just going to keep it real. Um, like I said, not 100% do the jokes work, but I, I like them together, and I want to see more. Um, as far as the actual story goes, it was enjoyable enough. Um, you know, it's very straightforward. explains what it's going to be in the beginning, and you're just on that adventure for an hour and 40 minutes or however long it is. And so... There's not really like a lot of change of scenery or whatever. It's just like it's all stuck in, you know, like the jungle and it's just a, a survival type of film. Um, and also trying to find, uh, uh, you know, uh, a relic of sorts. And so, yeah, I thought the story was it was fine. It's, it's no Indiana Jones or anything, but uh, it does, you know, um, it, it's nice to have like a romantic comedy or like a, a, a duo type of film to be set somewhere else that's not like not in a city or like on a first date or whatever. So I liked it uh, from that standpoint, but um, yeah, the story is not really anything to like woo be like uh, surprised about. It's very straightforward, but it's all about the entertainment of the leads carrying us all the way from start to finish. Daniel Radcliffe is a uh, very, uh, very fun in this movie. I thought just letting him kind of run loose uh, as a villain and just see the, the, eyes bulging out or the veins popping his neck when he's like super intense and like really getting into the scene and, and just chewing every bit of that scene up. It was really fun to see. And I want to see him do more of this. Um, so Dana Radcliffe do more films like these. I, I, uh, listen, you've already made enough money from the Harry Potter films. You're still going to continue to make enough money. And that's what I've liked about him and like all the other part Potter kids, uh, getting their bag during that franchise, and now they're just kind of off doing whatever film or series that they want to, and they're just all random, and I, I love that. They're just having fun, but, and that and that's what brings me to my point, is that he didn't phone it in. He was having a blast with it, um, and he, he needs to do more stuff like this. Uh, you know, this is kind of a, I guess, comedy, slight action comedy. The action was fine. Um, more of it is just play for laughs. So it's more like comedic violence. So some of it's kind of over the top and goofy. Um, but yeah, it, it's mainly more of a comedy slight romance in that regard, instead of more of like an adventure comedy. Um, I, I guess if, if people were wondering, so yeah, there's really nothing more to say. I think if you are looking for a great date night movie, this film is perfect. I think you should really, um, spend your time this weekend and go see it. You'll have a blast. I think your partner will like it too. If you just want to 
get out of the house and do something fun. You know, escape the world for a couple hours and just um, get lost into the the silly goofiness that is Tatum uh, and Bullock and their adventure in the woods. Um, and also, I, I kind of liked uh, the the character of Bullock and really kind of uh, having this sense of grief about her and um, um, letting go and just letting the past kind of control her and not really living her life because of certain events that have happened. And there was a slight sweetness to it. And so I, I really I really like that as well. So, you know, it's not really like a, a huge part of the film, but it is something that lingers with her character. And I appreciate that kind of, you know, character development, if you will, um, and having um, Chain Tatum's character kind of bring that out of her. So that once again, that's why their chemistry really works because their characters work and um, they look like they're just great partners like in the movie. So, and that really shines through. So, but yeah, that's pretty much it. If you're looking for a great uh, little film to see on a date night this weekend, it's not a bad choice. Uh, it's not really um, knock your socks off funny like some people are claiming to be, but uh, I had a decent enough time. Please let me know down below what you thought of The Lost City, and that will do it for uh, this episode of the Real Me and Cole Movie Podcast. Thank you for joining me. Um, if I uh, get early access to Morbius, I think that will be next week's episode. If I don't, uh, there might be a break. I have no clue. I haven't figured it out yet. You guys will just have to roll with me whenever I uh, am able to roll because uh, just life just gets busy sometimes, and sometimes I just don't have time. Um, but uh, that is the prospect's uh, for next week, but for 353, um, it's in the bag, and uh, I really appreciate uh, you guys uh, listening. So, thank you for joining me on this episode of the Real Me and Cold Movie Podcast. I am one of your co-hosts, Chase Lee, and thank you for joining me. You guys are awesome, and I will see you guys whenever the next one drops. Okay, bye.